Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks for joining me here today on The Communication Architect. Each week, we'll share content that will empower you to grow your personal leadership capacity through the development of communication competencies that build emotional health and relational resilience. We'll unpack some practical applications of interpersonal, intrapersonal, family, and organizational communication. And we'll connect with stories of transformation that will inspire you to achieve personal and social change. Now, let's build the scaffolding you need to become a communication architect. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, a lifelong homeschooling parent and author and president of Chula Vista Christian University, a four-year university that centers on mentor-driven, Bible-based, debt-free higher education. Visit us at cvcu.us to see how we are taking back education for the next generation. If you're new to the show, be sure to scroll back on my podcast for some tips on breaking free from the toxic traits of traditional education and establishing habits that will reset your family and organizational culture. Pastors, if you'd like to know more about how you can play a vital role in rescuing the outsourced generation, go to academicrescuemission.com and click the Start an Academy tab. We can have your campus running in four weeks anywhere in the United States. Parents, we have three levels of support for you, our church-based support classes, our annual conference, and our faith-based mentor-driven debt-free college degree programs. You don't have to go woke or broke to earn your college degree. Classes start soon. Apply today at cvcu.us. That's Chula Vista Christian University. I am very excited about today's guest. He is a science writer and editor, a research associate for the Institute for Creation Research. He's the author of several books, including Dinosaurs in the Bible, Creation Basics and Beyond. And he has another book we're going to talk about coming out as well. He's a frequent contributor to Acts and Facts magazine. And one of his specializations as a paleobiochemist, which is a new word for a lot of our listeners, I know, one of his specializations is analyzing the tissue of recently excavated dinosaur bones. I'm not making this up. It's so cool. And assessing the findings in the light of creationism. He has a PhD in paleobiochemistry and a master's degree in biotech. In addition to teaching at high schools and universities, he also teaches CBCU's freshman apologetics course, Science in the Christian, where he teaches students to reason and analyze scientific theory through the lens of the biblical worldview. He loves helping the next generation think critically and scientifically about God's design of the created realm. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Brian Thomas to the show. Well, I feel welcome with an introduction like that. It's like, it's so long, I feel like we're done. It's it's over with. Your bio says it all. That was everything in my whole life. (laughs) That is amazing. Well, it's such a joy to have you back on the show and really to celebrate the tremendous work you're doing. You know, before the show, we're talking about your newest adventure, being a grandfather, which is just so incredible. And I love how you just said how that just puts all of life into perspective, just like those of us just being a parent uh, really shifts the, the the focus of what's important. Well, tell us a little bit about about yourself or listeners who haven't met you yet and what got you started in your field of study? Yeah, sure. Um, I came to Christ when I was 13 um, at a retreat. And, um, but after that, I kind of took my ticket out of hell card and ran with it and just <laughs> lived life my own way. And forgot all about my, you know, my my relationship with God. I didn't have I didn't nurture that relationship, and I wasn't discipled. So anyway, I got to I got through college, and I'm in I'm in college, and I and I 
Um, and I see this group of Christians out. What they told me was they were witnessing. And I, and I was like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> There's no court of law out here. <clears throat> Why do we need witnesses? And, uh, and sure enough, they were out sharing Christ. And, I, and I, that intrigued me. But what really intrigued me was that they were having a great time with one another. And they didn't have to drink in order to have fun. You know, and I thought this is this is different. And so I just followed these people and um, uh, had all kinds of questions for them. And I, the leader, his name is Kurt, uh, went to his apartment afterwards, stayed up that night till like three in the morning and uh, asked him all the questions, you know, what? Mm. And, and they were skeptical questions that I had. And why, why are you believing the Bible? It's that science has proved it wrong. Don't you know? And um, that type of line of thinking. Right. And then he had answers. He had answers, and he said, "I believe it because it's true." And 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 then he he challenged me. He was like, "What science has proved it wrong? What science? Show me the science that proves it wrong." Great. And I, and um, I was like, "I'll get back to you on that." So, <laughs> and I never could find the science that wow. proved it wrong. I, wow. Um, every everything I brought to him, he he showed me um, how unscientific it really was, and he's just a history major. So anyway, amazing. Um, so so what happened as a result of that? mentoring relationship that discipleship i was finally getting was he challenged me and he said are you going to believe the bible and you know are you going to trust god and his word or or what you know or, or what because there's two different origins tales you know origins right. models one is by chance over eons and all by natural processes and the other is on purpose recently and all by supernatural processes and so they they oppose one another they're different in, in so many ways and uh, not just that but i mean the natural one has death 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 of the unfit over you know eons and uh but 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 the creation model is all about life begetting life and so I had to like decide which one of these am i going to go with and i investigated it uh, i got some resources actually uh, from the Institute for Creation Research, which back then I thought was, you know, an institute for quack science. But I, <laughs> but I read, I, I, I read it, you know, because I was like, okay, I'm going to be diligent and right. show Kurt how wrong he is about believing this Bible. Love it. And man, I got through that journey, and I was like, I've been, I've been lied to. This is not, this mm -hmm. is not good science at all. It's just, it's just faith in a naturalistic worldview um, that's not based on any. It, it doesn't come from the data. It's imposed on the data. So it's, it's like a it's like a filter that that the world uses uh, to interpret what we see, and it's not really um, data driven. This whole uh, evolutionary naturalistic uh, mindset. So, what? So the the upshot is, um, uh, basically, my relationship with God was transformed, and and I went from believing in a God who, yeah, he's a little bit stronger than the devil, and he was able to you know to preserve some of his words in the Bible. You you don't you're not you're never sure which ones you can trust or which ones you have to kind of go, well the science has disproved that one. So we so we can't trust that bit or this bit over here. So I, you know I had and I had that going on. And I transformed to man, I can trust everything he has spoken to me. All of it. And I can trust him. So his reputation is tied to his word. And if you can trust his word, you can trust him. Mm -hmm. So I trusted him more than ever. And basically, I wanted ever since then, for Christians to 
go through that same transformation and to realize, hey, let's look at the science, let's find out what actually is scientific about the science and what's worldview-based about this, about the scientific pronouncements. And then let's get back to our Bibles and start trusting more what God has been telling us all along. And it's wonderful. Wow, I mean, and I get yeah. to do that f- full-time. I've been with the Institute for Creation Research of since 2008. So we're coming up on 15 years here. That is amazing. I want to talk about ICR today. I I love that that statement. His reputation is tied to his word. And obviously the work you're doing is so important. What you talked about with the worldview not being derived from, but imposed on us. You know, we look at the public school system. We talk about it on the show all the time that the 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 teaching the inherent teaching of the public system is that science and the bible contradict and like you you went to look for uh evidence of this and it was nowhere to be found and so um that a lot of students are growing up in that that's the second leading cause for atheism in gen z's is that they believe science and the bible contradicts so the work you're doing so so important and i love this full circle piece of icr because that's how we found you i met dr henry morris at a homeschool convention when ethan was really young i picked up this devotional um and started reading it and the icr devotional and um the days of praise which you know I always send you pictures when you're 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 in there, but I think you're the only living author in there. But to see your name in there and you being on our team when that was such a such a an impacting um, experience for us is just so so incredibly cool. Tell us a little bit about the the work at ICR, the overall mission vision, and then I want to get into some of your newest works and what you're doing. Well, thank you. Uh, sure. So we have the core of our ministry is uh, science. And so we have uh, five PhD scientists and we have a geologist, a geneticist, um, a, a physicist and a, a developmental biologist. And then there's me and I do dinosaur bone research. And uh, so, yeah. So but the thing is, it's fun about it is we can ask science questions that and we can, you know, um, attempt to answer them using science. Um, but we ask these questions, these research questions that our secular colleagues don't even ask. And for example, um, I can ask the question, Hey, is there any radiocarbon short-lived radioisotope of carbon? Um, is there any radiocarbon in the dinosaur bone? And so, but if I had a secular mindset, I would think, I'm not even going to waste my time looking at that because the bone has been in there for 70 million years and the maximum shelf life for radiocarbon is only, say, 50,000 years in theory. And so, of course, there's not going to be any radiocarbon. And if there, if someone does find radiocarbon in there, it would have to be a contamination, uh, you know, because because the bone is 70 million years old. But see, see, that's just circular reasoning. And so I'm kind of... And I used to reason that way, but I, but I'm hap- happily I no longer do. So now I can I can ask the question. Well, if this was deposited in Noah's flood, which is I'm convinced it was, um, then um, it, there, there's a chance it could have radiocarbon in it. So we've done this research, and and we take the bone, we send it to a lab and test it, and sure enough, there's measurable amounts of radiocarbon in the bones, and it looks like it's deposited recently, and that fits what our prediction was. You know that. If it was deposited in the flood recently, um, then it could have some radiocarbon still in there because the flood was about 4,400 years ago. 
according to the Bible's chronology, which is, um, we're convinced, a, the, the very best line of evidence to give us the, you know, accurate history, um, not isotopes and not um, these other methods uh, that, that, are that are typically used. So what do we do? We ask questions about God's world, especially as they relate to God's word, and we um, are willing and able to make conclusions that um, support God's word and support Genesis origins. So if, you're, if we're a geneticist, we're, we're looking at the data. Uh, our geneticist is looking at the genomes, gene sequences, things like that, and finding evidence for creation in that. For example, the, the huge number of specified coding differences between chimps and humans, mm -hmm. millions of them, hundreds, <clears throat> hundreds of thousands um, of, of, of gene sequences, but there's other sequences that are not genes that are just as important regulatory sequences, and they're specific to chimps, and there's another set that's completely different, specific to humans. And, and how do you get that? How does that come around? Well, code implies a code maker. And so when we see networked um, information, which is what our genomes have, this bit, this bit ties to that bit, which which only turns on if if conditions A, B, and C are met. It's all networked. So genetic networking implies a genetic network administrator, <laughs> and that's our Lord Jesus. So we're able to to confidently and joyfully um, credit our Creator and King and Sustainer, the Lord Jesus, with creation and with recent creation. That He did it the way He said He did it, and He did it. The, at the timing that he said he did it in his word. And, and so we're happy to um, find evidence that supports exactly that from all these different disciplines. So powerful. It's so ironic to me that so much of the culture right now is talking about data-driven decision-making. And <laughs> when you look at what they're basing their data on, the teaching of evolution, which is prolific throughout all the public systems since 1957, that we're seeing that there's no data that they're focusing on, just like your own personal experience exemplified. You couldn't find that data. Dr. Thomas, tell us what a day in the life is like as a paleobiochemist. What does that look like? Maybe we'll inspire some upcoming Gen Zs and alphas on that profession <laughs> oh man uh, uh you you set me up for this and uh <laughs> I, boy it's like what's a day in life it's got to be exciting right but i actually come to my computer and i, I do this i look the same as uh as, as our network administrator you know he just it's computer time okay but every once in a while i get out uh, to do a dig you know or i or i get into the lab. We have, we have a, a couple of labs here. And, um, a, but a lot of it is a lot of my work with bones is mundane. It's like, okay, cataloging, right? That's, that's tedious, but we, we have to know where the bone came from, um, how to find it, you know, what it is. And all these details have to be cataloged. And, um, but on those really fun days, I get to actually look inside the bone using Typically, we use microscope, um, specialized microscopes here. And um, boy, when we find um, evidence of um, original proteins in the bones, that's those are fun days. But they're 
it's not like I do that all, you know, every day I have up, you know, I, have, I get to write um, articles on, you get to research different areas. So it's not all about the bones, but um, so yeah, uh, the question is what's a typical day. And I don't have a typical day. <laughs> the most typical day is, you know, computer stuff because writing um, and, uh, and researching it's, it's a lot of academic work, but, but an atypical day or, you know, is um, day in the lab. So it's, but I like all of that. And then of course, as you know, I also have a function of, uh, I wear a different hat, you know, of speaking. Yeah. So I'll be, I can't be in the lab if I'm out, you know, speaking somewhere. Right. Um, but I love that too, you know, because I get to point people to Genesis and to the Bible and the God of the Bible. And that's, that's what drives me. Phenomenal. Obviously, you've done a great deal of writing for Acts and Facts magazine, for Days of Praise uh, we'll talk about how our listeners can learn more about that. But let's talk about some of your, not only your earlier books, but your upcoming book. Tell us what's happening there. It's it's out. Came out last Yay, week. Yay, so I'm exciting. Thrilled. It's called Living in the Light of Genesis. And then the subtitle, A Foundation for Faith, Science, and Culture. And I just poured my heart onto pages. And that's what this book is. Um, so it gives us... Um, Reasons why we should take Genesis at face value, uh, reasons from science, reasons from uh, um, the book itself, the, the Bible itself, and then um, outcomes. What does life look like when we do take God's word at face value? And ultimately, um, what's our relationship with God like if we do take him at his word? And it's a wonderful relationship when we can have the freedom to take him at his word. And that's really the point, And that's where I'm trying to lead my reader to. So it was a joy to write. It took five years to write it because I was picky. I wanted to say the right thing in the right way. Yeah. And I've been so thrilled, even just the week that it's been out, I have a couple of colleagues here at the Institute who have swung by and popped their head in my door and said, I love your book. It's I feel like I'm just having a conversation as I read it. And, and, and I thought, mm. yes, that's what I was going for. My target audience as I was writing it was soccer mom if i could if i can appeal if, <laughs> I, if I can appeal it. to a soccer mom you know the busy moms uh, um and if they could you know mm. you know what i mean if, if yeah. i can appeal to a soccer yeah. mom then yes. then everyone else is, is going to find it even easier yes. to access what i'm trying to say there so powerful i just i just love that i think when i think about your your personality you know you're obviously the science mind can be so dry and cold and analytical and you're not that i mean you you have all the science mind obviously you're brilliant but you have that warmth and that is always communicated in our trips when we go as a, you know our school goes to grand canyon or zion or wherever and you're uh, when you're in the classroom there's always that beautiful warmth that's such a it's such a really exciting testimony to see how God has done that in your brain. Cause you are a unique, you're a unique person. And I'm excited to see that in, in the, in the book and how that's, how that's um, kind of leaked out of who you are. So exciting. You know, as you travel and speak, you know, when we do that, we hear the heartbeat of the nation. We get to talk to people. We hear what their fears are, what their worries are. What are some of the things that really concern you about our country, about this generation um, right now, just based on some of your conversations with people? Um, I really, my biggest concern about our culture is just how fast we are 
casting God aside, mm. just how fast we are embracing sin wholesale, mm. lock, stock, and barrel. Not, I mean, not just accepting, but like embracing it, like um, to the point where, as a culture, we're saying if you don't defend these immoral practices, then you're wrong. So literally, we have right. we are turning wrong into right, right into wrong. Mm that it's it's a mess and it's yeah. not looking good you know i i think i think a lot of uh, a lot of us can agree with with those kinds of assessments so um so the only hope that i that i see and it's huge <laughs> is the lord jesus he he is the answer he is going to make this whole place all new one day right and he does have a plan. He is redeeming individuals out of this mess, and sometimes because of this, right? Because of this sin, and so if someone is soaking in a sinful life, and they they still find that they, uh, you know, that they, they find themselves unfulfilled and miserable, you know, there some people turn to him and say, "God, get me out of this mess." But if there was no mess for them to motivate them to to want to get out of it, then. You see, so it's a mess, but God uses the mess for beauty, and He uses it to redeem individuals. And so, um, I praise the Lord that He can do that. He's in the business of taking um, our messy situations and um, redeeming them, and um, um, and introducing Himself to to another generation. That's just just so cool that He does that. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. How can listeners learn more about you, about ICR, about your new book? Tell us more. Store.icr.org is where you'd find copies of Living in the Light of Genesis. Um, yeah, and then ICR.org is our main website. And we have not just Acts and Facts. I appreciate you mentioning that, but that's a free magazine mm -hmm. people can sign up for. And then Daily Devotional, I appreciate you mentioning that also, called um, Days of Praise. But we also have free web articles, and so thousands of them. Um, and um, so what we do is we scour the world of science, and we look at the, um, um, let's say there's a claim out there that, hey, we have a new human ancestor, it's called, and then they have a big fancy name all the time. And so we look at the claim, and we, we do the hard work for the church. Of, of digging in to the report and the original science literature um, and picking apart, you know, what do they actually observe? And, and it's remarkable what we find. Despite the, the announcement made about their find, and despite the conclusion they may have drawn, you know, in their paper, which is based on their worldview, the data themselves always seem to point to a creator. And... It's not a missing link. It's just a dead ape. And that's what we, those kinds of finds we are able to in, help interpret um, for the church. And just to give Christians confidence that, yes, you can still trust your Bible. You can still trust the God who wrote it. 
Thank you, Dr. Thomas. Thank you for the tremendous work you're doing. I believe this is the most important field that we can focus on right now for the next generation is restoring the truth of God's word to the field of sciences. Thank you for being on the show today. We all know that traditional education is broken beyond repair. And instead of training up joyful, creative, faith-filled scholars, our government education system is churning out atheist armies from kindergarten to college. It's the most anxious, depressed atheist generation in the history of our nation. Our nation's educational and spiritual spiritual ecosystem must be radically changed for the sake of the mental, physical, and spiritual health of the next generation. Well, our local answer to the global crisis is Chula Vista Christian University. Through our inquiry-based model, we're watching the culture shift. And I'm calling on churches across the United States to be part of the solution. Pastors, go to ARM, the Academic Rescue Mission at academicrescuemission.com to arm your congregation against pagan indoctrination. Parents, grandparents, as you're considering your scholastic options for the coming year, there are so many choices available to you once you step off that big yellow prison bus. Parents, students, you can join us for debt-free faith-based support that's not yoked to a woke government system. Learn more at cvcu.us. That's Chula Vista Christian University. Don't forget to check out my latest book on the 12 toxic traits of traditional education, Outsourced, Why America's Kids Need an Education Revolution. You can find all our books, blogs, and podcasts on the homepage at cvcu.us. Again, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn. Thanks for joining us on today's show. We'll be back next week with more tips and tools of the trade. We'll see you then. Thanks again for joining us here on The Communication Architect. If you have questions about today's episode, or if there are topics you'd like to see us address, send your comments via Instagram to at Dr. Lisa Dunn or via email to contact at drlisadunn.com. That's D-R-L-I-S-A-D-U-N-N-E.com. And remember, strategic communication will help you build greater emotional health and relational resilience. So don't miss the next episode. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and I look forward to talking with you next time right here on The Communication Architect.